0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Versa Bank's fourth quarter 2020 financial results conference call. This morning, Versa Bank issued a news release reporting its financial results for the fourth quarter and year ended October 31st, 2020. Uh, that news release, along with the bank's financial statements and supplemental financial information, are available on the bank's website in the investor Rel- relations uh, section, as well as on SEDAR. Uh, Please note, in addition to the telephone dial-in, Versa Bank is webcasting its earnings conference call live over the internet. The webcast is listen-only. If you are listening to the webcast but wish to ask ask a question in the Q&A session uh, following Mr. Taylor's presentation, uh, please dial in to the conference line, the details of which are included in this morning's news release and on the bank's website. For those participating in today's conference call by telephone, the accompanying slide presentation will be available on the bank's website. Also, today's call will be archived for replay both by telephone and via the Internet beginning approximately one hour uh, following completion of the call. Details on how to access the replays are available in this morning's news release. I would now like to remind you, our listeners, that the statements about future events made on this call are forward-looking in nature and are based on certain assumptions and analysis made by VersaBank management. Actual results could differ materially from our expectations due to various material risks and uncertainties associated with VersaBank's businesses. Please refer to VersaBank's forward-looking statement advisory, which is on slide 3. I would now like to turn the call over to David Taylor, President and Chief Executive Officer of Versa Bank. Please go ahead, Mr. Taylor.
1: Thank you, Colin. Good morning, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. With me once again, via telephone, teleconference, as we continue to work remotely, are Sean Clark, our Chief Financial Officer, Ali Lalani, Chief Risk Officer, Brent Hodge, General Counsel, and Corporate Secretary. As noted last quarter, as a digital bank, the ability of of substantially all the bank staff to work remotely has meant that various restrictions imposed as a result of the pandemic have had virtually no impact on our operational efficiency. In fact, the bank is thriving in this particular environment. The past few months have given us even greater confidence in our growth prospects for 2021 And as I will discuss later, the profitability and new growth opportunities created by our acquisition of Digital Boundary Group only amplify this further. As expected, the fourth quarter of 2020 benefited from our continuing redeployment of cash into interest-earning loans across our lending business, following our decision during the second quarter of this year to temporarily increase our cash balance early in the COVID-19 pandemic, out of an abundance of caution. As a result, we achieved strong quarter-over-quarter improvements in all key financial and operational metrics, driven by our continued success in leveraging our proprietary technology to offer innovative solutions that address unmet needs in the banking sector. Net interest margin for Q4 was 2.82%, down from 3.04% in Q3 last year, but a 29 basis point increase over Q3 and moving solidly back toward the pre-pandemic levels. The decrease compared to Q4 last year is of course the higher cash balances in Q4 of this year. Even after these dampened levels, we continue to lead the Canadian banking sector in net interest margin while maintaining a very low risk loan profile, as was once again evidenced by our provision for credit losses, which I will discuss in a moment. As I did last quarter, I will provide the perspective that if we had maintained our cash balances at our historical levels, net interest would have been higher by approximately 25 basis points, or around 315 basis points, which is reflective of the underlying strength of our model. For the year, net interest margin was 290 basis points, down slightly from 300 in 2019. Net income for Q4 was 4.7 million, or 20 cents per share, again up from 4.4 million, or 18 cents per share in Q3, but down from 5.4 million, or 20 cents in Q4 last year. Core cash earnings, or CCE, improved to 6.5 million, or 31 cents per share, compar- compared to 6 million or 29 cents per share in the previous quarter, but down from 7.4 million or 36 cents per share for the same quarter last year. Looking at profitability for the entire year period, both net income and core cash earnings for 2020 were down just 4% compared to 2019. And I'll note that all our earnings measures for both the fourth quarter and the year were impacted by higher staff expenses, including costs related to full-time employees to support our growth initiatives and higher vacation expense accruals, resulting principally from employees taking less vacation time as a result of the pandemic. Looking at our overall performance, We view this as a very favorable result given the uncertainty with which we viewed the outlook for the remainder of 2020 back in March and April. We always act with prudence and focus on keeping risk low. It is in our DNA. And you will recall that early on, out of an abundance of caution, we made the conscious decision to increase our cash position amidst this uncertain outlook. It turns out that this was not only good for the bank's health in isolation, but in doing so, we have emerged much stronger than many of our competitors. And that has significantly strengthened the competitive position of our lending business, creating more opportunity at greater terms and positioning us for even better 2021 that we would have envisioned pre-pandemic. You can see here on our balance sheet that we ended 2020 with total assets of 1.94 billion, up 9% compared to 1.79 billion at the end of 2019. Cash at the end of the fourth quarter was 258 million, down significantly from 354 million at the end of Q3 and from $340 million at the end of Q2, with a peak of more than $400 million, including securities in Q3. That number sits still lower today as we continue to deploy cash across both our points-of-sale and commercial loan portfolios. Book value per share increased 7% to 107 and each of our CET1 leverage ratios also increased year over over year. The credit quality of our loan portfolio remains very strong with a significant recovery of credit losses during the quarter as the low risk nature of our business model once again proved itself out. For Q4, we recorded a recovery of credit losses of nearly 600,000 taking the bank's provision for credit losses as a proportion of average loans for the fourth quarter down to negative 0.14%. This continues to compare very favorably with our Canadian big bank peers, further underscoring our ability to generate superior net interest margins with mitigated risk. We are in the midst of one of the most challenging and perhaps the most challenging economic environment for many parts of the economy. In recent memory, since the Great Depression, and we'll still have no loan losses and just a single request for a deferral. This is both of the risk mitigation built into our business results such as our cash holdbacks in our point-of-sale business, which continue to be at around four times what we view to be the intrinsic risk associated with the portfolio, and also the benefit of the ultra-low cost of funds, which allows us to achieve higher net interest margins with lower-risk loans. I just mentioned the critical role that our ultra-low cost of funds plays in our ability to generate superior net interest margins with the low risk, and I am pleased to report we saw yet another quarter of decline in our cost of funds, both year-on-year and sequentially, to 1.51%, our lowest result in the last six years. The decline both sequentially and year-on-year was again driven by the further expansion of our very low interest-paying insolvency professional deposits, still at 0%, which increased 14% year-over-year. This is especially noteworthy given that bankruptcies in Canada saw a precipitous decline in the back half of 2020 due to government COVID relief. Even with the steady declines throughout 2020, we continue to expect to see our cost of funds further decline over the quarters to come as we continue to expand the size of the insolvency professional deposit base. Turning to the lending side of the business, the composition of the lending portfolio has shifted significantly since the end of Q3. As noted earlier, our cash balance at the end of Q4 was down significantly, with the difference having been redeployed to our point-of-sale and commercial banking loan portfolios. That resulted in an increase, our total loan portfolio, from Q3 up 7% to $1.65 billion. Our point-of-sale portfolio increased to $981 million from Q3 primarily the result of the initial financing for our new partner, Simply Green Financial. But we also saw continued robust consumer spending activity in certain sectors in Q4, driving increased point-of-sale origination activity and momentum in that origination activity has continued into Q1. At 981000000 million, point-of-sale finished the year just 1.4 per, down just 1.4% from the end of 2019, a very satisfying outcome given that the economy has been through in 2020. In our commercial banking portfolio, we saw a continuation of the renewed activity around residential construction in communities outside the GTA that I mentioned last quarter. That drove expansion of the commercial banking portfolio to 669 million from 634 million at the end of Q3 and 595 million at the end of 2019. That momentum has accelerated in the first part of Q1 as we take advantage of a strengthened competitive position as some of our competitors for these loans have had to retrench due to financial challenges. You'll recall that last year at this time, we began slowing down our lending in this part of our portfolio out of a concern that the market was getting a little overheated. I subscribe to the theory that bad loans are made in good times. We avoided that pitfall and are now reaping the rewards. 2020 was a very good year for VersaBank. We easily navigated a very challenging economic environment. As a result of our prudence, our risk mitigation built into our model. We chose to forego some earnings in the short term to ensure the short term health of our business while positioning the bank for a return to outsized growth in 2021 and a stronger future outlook for years to come. 2020 was a significant year in this regard. We added multiple new ultra-low cost deposit partners and expanded business with existing partners to continue to drive our cost of funding lower and generate superior net interest margins with mitigated risks. And we added a major new partner in our point-of-sale business in simply Group Financial, and we re-engaged our public sector finance lending channel. We also launched a third lending channel, Instant Mortgage, to leverage our point of sale technology in pursuit of the $200 billion plus Canadian home financing market. We hired an industry veteran in Jim Gardner as product champion to drive its success. And we are well down the road with beta testing with multiple groups with the potential to start taking on loans as early as this calendar year. And as of this morning, 2021 looks even more exciting for the bank and its shareholders with the announcement of DRT Cybers acquisition of D- Digital Boundary Group. We formed DRT Cyber back in 2019 to crystallize the value inherent in our technological capabilities that we develop within the bank on an ongoing basis to support our own IT security needs. We are leaders in the Canadian banking industry in this regard. We launched our first DRT offering VersaVault a couple of years ago VersaVault is designed to keep all manners of digital assets safe, including cryptocurrency keys, securities, and highly sensitive documents. From inception, I have viewed DRT as a platform not only to mitigate the bank's cybersecurity risk exposure but also enables us to provide a comprehensive suite of innovative cybersecurity solutions that address high demand, underserved segments of this rapidly growing market, a market that is estimated to grow in excess of 130 billion in the next few years. The acquisition of Digital Boundary Group significantly advances our strategy for DRT Cyber. DBG is one of North America's premier IT security assurance services firms, providing a suite of services to corporate and government clients that include some of Canada's largest retailers and financial service providers, to Canadian and US police services organizations, SCADA, System Reliant Energy, public utilities infrastructure firms, and importantly, DBG is growing rapidly and profitably so that when completed, the acquisition will be immediately accretive to VersaBank's earnings in the range of approximately $0.08 per share annually, based on the last 12 months' performance for which the purchase price has been established at approximately $10 million in cash. The founding management team that has driven the success of DBG will remain on board. So what does this mean for the future of DRT? To start, DBG in and of itself has significant growth prospects in its current business. The acquisition is attractive based on the opportunity alone, but the real power of the acquisition is in the revenue synergies as DRT launches complementary offerings and capitalizes on revenue synergy opportunities. And with that, I'd like to open the call to questions. Colin?
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star followed by one on your touch tone phone. You'll hear a three tone prompt acknowledging your request and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Uh, Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star, followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Okay, so your first question comes from uh, Stephen uh, Bolin from Raymond James. Stephen, please go ahead. Morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. Two questions. Dave, maybe
2: you could just talk about commercial banking. Um, you know, we've seen decline in the portfolio over the last uh, couple quarters. So what changed in terms of the growth again? Was it is it just pent-up COVID demand? Was it uh, some competitors leaving the square or just favorable pricing? Maybe you could just talk about the conditions.
1: Certainly, yeah, Steve, um, as you know, leading in... Um, to the uh, pandemic, uh, we we were quite concerned about uh, the the uh, major centres markets being somewhat overheated, so for uh, well, about two years we were backing off uh, on, on lending in the in those markets, and um, what was driving it was uh, a lot of competition, uh, uh, low pricing. Uh, uh, some of our competitors weren't were asking for this type of security that we thought was uh, appropriate. It was the typical uh, overheated market, and so we, we were backing off, and you saw the portfolio uh, uh, continuously decline quarter over quarter. Um, now, coming out of the pandemic, uh, what we're seeing is uh, a lot less competition, uh, those, those uh Aggressive competitors uh, don't seem to be active anymore, and we can we can guess why. Uh, about what I said earlier about uh, bad loans being made in good times, uh, so a, a lot less competition than we saw before, which has given us the opportunity to price uh, appropriately and take uh, what we think is the appropriate security. Um, and there's been a resurgence in the construction of uh, homes uh, in the outlying areas from the major centres, quite a a resurgence. So in our neck of the woods here, Kitchener-Moraloo, Cambridge, Guelph, uh, Stratford, Paris, Brantford, I mean all these places have got um, home projects uh, uh, underway and uh, thankfully we are providing a lot of that financing. So uh, it's it's a good time for, for us in this business, in fact our lenders would say they've never been busier. Uh, good customers, uh, pro- providing a good product that people are uh, are demanding, and uh, decent pricing uh, and uh, the appropriate security.
2: Okay. Uh, that's good to know. And, and maybe just the second question on uh, Digital Boundary Group. And I think you said uh, $0.08 accretive. Did, did I have that uh, correct, that number?
1: Yeah. That based on their last 12 months uh, earnings, that's approximately the number that it uh, – it uh, would translate to. Uh, hopefully, okay. of course, we, we've got synergies and, uh, and, the, and the business continues to grow. Uh, but uh, just looking uh, back at their last 12 months of earnings, that's the, uh, the number I came up with. Okay. So I think maybe I'll just frame this.
2: I'm not sure how you can answer it because it, it relates to the regulator. I mean, many years ago, you formed Discovery Air uh, out of a, a loan. Um, and I, I believe at the time that it became somewhat material um, to the earnings of the bank that the regulator wanted you to get it off the books. Um, Is is this business, you know, intimately related to the bank business that, you know, you're not going to get pressure from a regulator to maybe remove this from, from the balance sheet of the bank or as a subsidiary. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are there.
1: Well, c- certainly, this business uh, is uh, uh, extremely important to the security of the bank in itself. Uh, we, we think uh, any bank uh, should be investing in uh, in cybersecurity. I think uh, it behooves any CEO of any bank to to want to bolster its cybersecurity. We are we're operating in a hostile cybersecurity environment, and. Um, The investment that we've made in uh, DBG, of course, is is very uh, important for the bank's own cybersecurity. Uh, But there is additional capacity, of course, to uh, provide cybersecurity to other banks and to uh, corporations. So um, first and foremost, it it just bolsters our own cybersecurity, but it it does producing uh, additional cash flow for the bank. Um, It's hard to say... uh, uh, what individual regulator would say at that time? And uh, we, we faced um, uh, 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 a change in, in guard in the regulatory world. We had one uh, superintendent who uh, was very much in favor of, of the discovery air company that we created, and then afterwards we had another regulator that didn't like it at all. Um, this this is a lot different. Um, this this isn't uh, Canadian military. Uh, uh, Business or her Discovery or was providing uh, aerial um, dogfighting skills to NATO forces in Canada, um, which we think is very important for Canadians. But this this one is really integral into into what a bank uh, needs to have to stay safe in this world. So I, I wouldn't expect regulators to uh, to worry about it. In fact. Uh, I think our, our big bank colleagues are, are deeply invested in this area too, as they should be. Um, so I, d- I don't see it the same way. But but if if it was, you know, we could we could do what we, we've done before, uh, start spinning companies off.
2: Okay, that's a good
1: comment. And and sorry,
2: maybe you mentioned VersaVault. Just can you just provide a, uh, a maybe you did provide an update. I'm sorry if I missed it. Um, just w- where they are in customers and um, you know, revenue and things of that sort.
1: Well, the, um, uh, the, the, uh, customer that we announced some time ago was chairman's financial operating in Europe. And they've, uh, utilized the VersaVault, uh, to a certain extent. Um, we expect that VersaVault will be used a lot more in North America, um, uh, particularly in conjunction with, uh, with the other product offerings that DRT is, is working on. And, and, uh, and the DBG um, acquisition, it, it's designed to keep sensitive documents uh, away from prying hands, prying eyes, and um, as we know, we're in a world where there's a lot, there's a lot of prying eyes. Uh, uh, so uh, it, it you know it, it keeps uh, cryptocurrency keys safe, uh, but it also keeps sensitive documents safe and then security documents. Uh, so I see a, a big role for Versavault, and, and I now note that others are coming out with similar offerings. Uh, so m- while we were maybe a little bit of ahead of our time, uh, being the first to offer a digital vault, um, now there's others with digital vaults too. Maybe not quite as good as ours, in my own personal opinion, <laughs> but at least they're out there. So I think people are are getting used to the idea that this this is uh, a a good place to put your digital assets, uh, say you have, for example, uh, the plans to the, a new fighter plane, uh, just to use maybe a military example, uh, somewhere in the world, and, and you really want to keep it away from, uh, from others. Uh, we, we think our vault is the right place. So I, I think it's going to be, as part of a comprehensive product offering for DRT Cyber, I think it's going to be a, a very important component.
2: Okay, thanks very
0: much, Dave.
1: Well, thank you, Steve.
0: Your next question comes from uh, Greg McDonald from Lode Rock Research. Greg, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, guys. Can you hear me all right?
1: Sure can, Greg.
3: Um, So I want to ask a few questions. First on the loan growth uh, opportunity as you go into the first part of 2021, and, and specifically, I want to zero in on, on point-of-sale growth opportunities. So I think of this business growth opportunities as kind of three buckets. One is adding new partners. The second is kind of organic growth for the industry, so what you get from existing partners. And then there's the instant mortgage app opportunity. Can Can we – how do we think about those three buckets as we go into the early part of 2021 – uh, is one or two of those going to be driving more than the others? Should we be thinking them, thinking of them as all kind of rep, uh, representing equal opportunities for growth? Give, give us a sense of, of how we think about those buckets. And then I suspect you don't want us to be thinking of 7% sequential growth opportunities each quarter um, as, as being kind of what we should expect. Um, could you talk a little bit about what your expectations are for overall growth? It was a a pretty strong quarter in in the 4Q. So um, how are you thinking about 2021 as we, as we enter
1: the first quarter? Well, good questions, Greg. Thanks. So with respect to the the three drivers for growth for the point of sale program, um, adding new partners, well, we expect we'll add a few more new partners throughout the year. Um, uh, That wouldn't be a, a significant driver, I think, in, in the course of 2021, and it takes new partners some time to, uh, to be integrated into the system and to and start um, providing us with uh, point of sale uh, loans. Um, the instant mortgage is in sort of its infant stages, and yes, we're, we're having uh, you know, good discussions with various people about utilize, utilizing it. We have one partner in particular that's been working uh, very hard on integrating it into their program uh, so it'll it'll provide some some growth but organic growth is is uh, at this point tremendous uh, we've seen a huge resurgence in, in organic growth for our existing partner network and uh, uh, it's you know it's so much that I, I hesitate to say what it's going to be uh, going forward but Let's say our guys have never seen that kind of organic growth uh, in in our history. Um, So uh, it may very well be that 7% per quarter is is the norm or maybe more. Um, uh, We're well-established in this market, and uh, we we worked um, as best we could with our partners to ensure their viability during this tough time. And I think that's very much appreciated. And we have tons of capacity. Uh, so all those things added up uh, kind of make the the tick uh, next to organic growth um, uh, versus the other the other components that uh, will will add to growth, but nothing like organic.
3: Okay, so m- maybe a point of clarification there. A lot of us have been wondering. Um when we, we we look at numbers like auto sales as a good leading indicator here, and we wonder how much of the 3Q, 4Q, I'm talking calendar year, um, growth that we've seen in indicators like that was a result of pent-up demand, i.e. people not spending money they would have spent in the 2Q as COVID hit versus um, what might be more kind of structural changes, i.e. people are moving outside of cities and not wanting to take transit, and therefore there's some continuation on this. It sounds to me like you're hearing or seeing evidence that there's no slowdown, i.e. maybe it's not so much a um, pent-up demand issue. Maybe this is more structural. Is that the right way to think about it?
1: Yeah, and also our competitors are... um... Uh, are not uh, uh, sort of front line and center with with our partners now. Um, we we uh, we spent a lot of time working with our partners to ensure they would stay viable during the tough tough times, and uh, that that's that's enhanced the relationships. Uh, so we're we're seeing a lot more business, and maybe our competitors are seeing a lot less. That's one of the, and we have a lot of capacity. Uh, so um, it may be that the the market is um, uh, you know showing some pent up uh, demand uh, but the reason we are so bullish on our growth is uh, that our existing partners are sending us a lot of deals uh, fast and furious, and I think we're seeing a lot more than our our competitors are
3: okay that's helpful um second question on the opportunity for insolvency deposit growth. This is interesting. You, you noted in your press release that, you know, a lot of these companies and face-to-face businesses may be practically insolvent, but not technically insolvent due to some of the government funding structures out there. Um, and I'm hearing that as well. When I talk to some of these insolvency guys, what,
1: what are you hearing
3: most recently from some of these partners um, and I'm thinking in terms of the number that you put up 14% year over year growth in this deposit base, is it possible you could see numbers bigger than that? Um, is that something that you expect from us?
1: Yeah, I, I expect we'll see uh, way bigger numbers. Than, and the reason being is the 14% growth was just a function of us adding more partners. Um, so in fact, the, the occurrence of insolvencies was much much less uh, with uh, with the COVID relief helping uh, uh, retail folks out in the tough time, um, but a lot are on the edge, and uh, we tend to cater to the retail uh, insolvencies. Our software uh, makes it very uh, efficient for, for insolvency professionals to deal with retail and small retail insolvencies, so. Um, as you know, there's been a, a huge uh, decline in retail insolvencies, but, but everybody believes there's, a, what did the global mail say, a tsunami of the retail insolvencies coming our way. So that, that just bodes well for, uh, I hate to say it uh, positively, and that it means love, suffering for individuals, and, but it, it means that there are um, deposits from the insolvency practices due to retail insolvencies will, will likely uh, increase dramatically.
3: And, and are the partners suggesting that's more of a second half 2021 event, just as a result of kind of the profile of, um, of government subsidies?
1: Yeah, I, I would think so. I'm just guessing that our government will try to dampen the effect of the tsunami uh, by, by helping out maybe a bit more with relief, but it's inevitable. Uh, I mean, this COVID uh, pandemic has has created havoc in our economy. It's put a lot of people in terrible spots. And uh, unfortunately, there'll be a lot more insolvencies, probably uh, deeper into 2021. But you'll see our our deposits just keep right on growing. We've, you know, like I say, we're up 14% with a decline in insolvencies just by adding partners. Our, Our software works really well for insolvency uh, uh practices and um, we have partnerships with the two leading um, leading uh, administrative software packages in the industry so firstly access to close to hundred percent of the insolvency practices operating in Canada uh, so um, I, you know we're in a very good spot there and we're we're pleased that we can provide uh, you know this efficient software package for for these folks um, and it makes their makes their life easier. And uh, we're not pleased uh, <laughs> there's gonna be so many insolvencies and uh, that means a lot of hardship for people, but that, you know, we're, we're it's just a service we provide and uh, it probably mean a lot more deposits.
3: Okay, and then just one more quick thing and I'll, and I'll pass it on to others in the queue. On the DRT acquisition, You've mentioned in the past the potential for acquisitions to kind of fill out the product suite of, of the DRT business that you have in mind. Where do we stand right now? Are there, are there more products that you need? Should we expect more tuck in type acquisitions like this? Or does, does, does this acquisition largely fill out what you need to, uh, to really see this business
0: out to fruition?
1: It largely fills it out, although there are uh, partnerships we presently have with uh, neat businesses that round out the pro- product uh, offering. And um, maybe there's an acquisition in the cards there, uh, maybe not, but the, the partnership relationship works works very well too. So so presently, from a functional point of view, with, with, with DBG added to the mix, uh, we think we have a comprehensive suite uh, to offer to another bank or a corporation um, to to keep them safe uh, you know we'll do the assessment we'll ensure uh, that we uh, identify uh, any vulnerabilities they might have. Uh, we have um, solutions to cover up those those vulnerabilities and um, we have uh, capability providing um, ongoing surveillance uh, so that um, they can be uh, sort of somewhat comforted to know that uh, Big Brother's keeping an eye on their systems as they evolve and change and as the hostile cyber world changes. So uh, we think we have a first class offering um, and we think it's a hugely growing market. Uh, we know we bank, banks think about it all day long. <laughs> uh, so us I mean, being a, a tiny sort of sample of the banking industry in the world. Um, it's it's if if you're not thinking about it, you really <laughs> really should start thinking about it very very soon, right? And 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 just you mentioned that
3: DBG one of the client bases they have is U.S. police services. A lot of us kind of simpletons in the investment world think of you know companies like cybersecurity companies having customers like that means that they've gone through. Um, They've gone through quite a fact-checking and you know process to be able to offer services like that to to U.S. governmental organizations. Can we assume that that that's a very positive indicator that that means you're kind of greenlit to do business with other U.S. government agencies, et cetera?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You're you have to be uh, uh, you have to be uh, first-class checked out to be able to provide those type of services. Um, uh, we were, when we, uh, when we formed that company, Discovery Air, that Steve Bolton referred to, uh, we, we provided um, uh, these NATO forces with uh, aerial dogfighting uh, and other, other, um, other uh, training. And uh, we, we received the uh, U.S. State Department's approval for that. In fact, uh, I think at one time I was the CEO of the largest uh, private fleet of uh, jet fighters in the world. Uh, so we're, we're in good stead that way. Uh, we've always, you know, catered to that, that industry, and um, this, you know, obviously, uh, with foreign actors, there's a lot of uh, need for uh, first-class cybersecurity.
3: Great, thanks for that, David, um, and congrats on the quarter.
1: Oh, well, thank you.
3: Good
0: questions, Greg. Just one moment here for your next question. Alrighty. Okay, so this question comes uh, from online, actually. Uh, okay. So the question is, uh, what will be uh, unique about uh, instant mortgage uh, that it will be a key selling point of this solution?
1: Well, that's, uh, that's a good question, and what we're selling uh, with the instant mortgage is um, ease of uh, ease of operation or ease of uh, acquiring a mortgage. Uh, we've designed it to be extremely user-friendly and to be available at the point of sale. Uh, so um, if, say, you're a new Canadian and uh, a bit bewildered about uh, where you go to get a mortgage, um, uh, you'll find that it's available at the point of sale and the salesperson will help you uh, with the app. Uh, they'll press the button and uh, very quickly uh, it'll come back with an approval uh, so that you can, uh, you can pursue uh, purchasing a home. So it's, it's all about the um, ease of access uh, as opposed to you know, going down to your local bank bank branch and finding out where that might be and making an appointment and all those things. This this will be done right at the point of sale, uh, just just as uh, the other point of sale uh, industries that we support. Say, if you want to buy a motorcycle or a hot tub or or uh, uh, something for your house or, or a new car, uh, we we provide convenience through our partners um, to get financing uh, rapidly so you can get on with the, uh, the purchase process.
0: Your next question comes from Peter Leacock from CIBC Wood Gundy. Peter, please go ahead. Thank you. Uh, good morning, David.
1: Good morning, Peter.
0: You're up early.
3: I am up uh, early. Uh, first of all, um, congratulations on the quarter and, um, other, otherwise a terrific year I mean I think you were faced with as as everybody has been with very challenging conditions but um, I can't imagine you and your team having done a better job so congratulations on that
1: well thank you Peter uh, I just
3: was wondering if you could um, um, provide a little more information on the digital boundary group in terms of how that came up on your radar I see that uh they also um look to be based in london ontario um did you know of them or or how did the uh
2: how did the um uh, the opportunity um um appear for you
1: well uh you have done your homework yes indeed digital boundary group uh head office is london ontario and um that was very fortunate uh I, I met with John Miller, uh, one of the principals of Digital Poundry Group, some time ago. Well, before COVID happened, we were able to have proper gentlemanly lunches uh, to discuss the possibility of, of a partnership with DRT cyber and um, then as we got to know uh, DBG's capabilities, uh, we're super impressed with the wonderful work they've been able to do over the last 20 years at the customer base they've established and how well thought of they are in the industry so it was it was a wonderful uh coincidence that they were located in london and um you know despite the uh, the challenges of uh uh that covid's brought upon us, i e not meeting people in person uh we were able to uh bring this deal finally to uh to a conclusion so um yeah it was just happenstance that they were located in london but um but uh you know once in a while you get uh, you get some good fortune come your way.
0: Okay, thanks very much, David. Thank you. We have another question uh, that's coming from online. Uh, So the question is, uh, there was discussion of a potential acquisition of another FI in the last few calls. Is that still on the table, or are your organic growth opportunities more attractive?
1: Well, that's a really good question. And we we have... uh, we have a workup on a number of potential FIs to acquire. Um, we've done a lot of, uh, of analysis, um, and there are some attractive ones out there that we think could be complementary to our business. And to, you know, the the one and one would make uh, would make three. Um, uh, but uh, we we are seeing massive organic growth now, uh, to say the, say the least. So um, we have to kind of add those weigh those uh, opportunities up and that um an acquisition does uh bring a, a quantum uh, increase in, in um in assets and earnings but uh, we're growing so rapidly too that we might get there uh maybe just as fast just from the organic growth um but we we're still not um we're still pursuing them we're looking at them we're uh, analyzing them and uh we're uh, but um this is uh This is a strange period of time where coming out of the the COVID uh, pandemic uh, our bank, of course with no loan losses and not even a loan in arrears and and lots and lots of capital and super systems is kind of in a unique position to uh, grow organically.
0: There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed.
1: Well, thank you, Colin, and thank you, everybody, for the for the really good questions. Um, should you uh, want to engage me uh, later on uh, individually, uh, I'm uh, I'm here at the VersaBank's Innovation Center of Excellence, uh, almost all by myself. Uh, the, I've got two cats that are hanging around that uh, are getting all, awfully lonely with no staff. <laughs> but uh, so I'm, I'm available to answer your questions individually if you want to drop me an email. Uh, happy uh, happy to uh, to engage thank you again over and out
0: ladies and gentlemen this concludes your conference call for today we thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines